What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Happy, happy Thursday to all. Welcome on into another edition of Sixers Talk. Of course, I'm your man, El Parcero Philly. And of course, it's a, uh, it's a tough one because, you know, tonight is game one of the NBA finals between our rival, the Boston Celtics, and the team that left Philadelphia many moons ago in the Golden State Warriors. As Sixers fans, as we go through another failure of a season, where you don't get past the second round. And yes, that is considered a failure at this point. And, um, you know, the process conversation continues, whether or not it was a success, who should have done it or not. Those debates continue. And we continue looking at how we're going to retool this basketball team and get to where we want to go. And that is the NBA Finals. Who want to be in this situation? We want to talk about, we want to talk about the Sixers, the Warriors, not the damn Celtics versus the Warriors. But hey, we're going to give the, the, the Celtics their kudos because they did their job. They did that and they built, they built the right way. And I obviously have been very critical of the Boston Celtics. That's just the nature in me to criticize the Boston Celtics. I am a Sixers fan at the end of the day, uh, but definitely kudos to them. But of course, we're going to get to that, guys. Uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna. I'm gonna give you guys my little brief preview of this of this series. It's gonna be a good one. Um, and I'm gonna give you just my thoughts of the NBA Finals from the perspective of a Sixers fan because that's what we all are. We're Sixers fans. Uh, of course, we're gonna look at some of the tidbits that have been going on with our Sixers. We got some Joel Embiid stuff, some NBA draft stuff, and uh, continuing looking at how the Sixers team is going to retool going into the 2022-23 season. But Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you guys in. Welcome on into Sixers Talk. We got Facebook in the building. We also have YouTube. We have Twitter. And, of course, we have TikTok here. So welcome, everyone. Guys, throw in your comments in the comment section. Any questions, comments, concerns, NBA Finals, Sixers-related, NBA in general-related, definitely throw it in the comment section. And if you guys want to be a part of the show, you guys want to come on in and give us your thoughts, you guys are more than welcome to. I'm going to be putting in the link in the comment section. You guys copy paste, come on in, and I will backstage is currently open. You guys can hang out there for just a bit. What's up? We got trending in the AM. Are you checking on in? Make sure you guys are checking out trending in the AM DSM Media's morning show. They do a great job over there, so make sure you guys are checking that out. We see the sweet life of Colton checking in. What's going on, Colton? What's happening, brother? Hopefully, you're ready to talk some six or some NBA. Appreciate you guys. Keep throwing those comments in the comment section and TikTok. Keep smashing that that the, the screen. Keep tapping that screen away. Like away, let's get some more Sixers fans in here. Let's get some more NBA fans in here as well. Uh, before we dive in, guys, of course, I want to give you a big shout-out and a big thank you to our sponsor for here today. I want to thank La Terrain Watches for sponsoring Sixers Talk. Guys, if you're in the market for a brand-new watch and you don't want to spend big, big bucks on a brand-new watch, but you want to press her or him, then definitely check out La Terrain Watches. Guys, we're talking high-quality watches at a bargain price. And right now, when you guys head on over to that checkout page at La Terrain Watches, Guys, use promo code Parcero Philly for 10% off of your purchase of these beautiful watches that we're talking about. So we'll leave the links in the descriptions below. Make sure you guys are using that promo code Parcero Philly. I got y'all. Come on. I got y'all. All right. Let's get into it, guys. So, of course, we have to start off with the NBA Finals. Tonight is game one between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. And look, it's definitely fun. As a Sixers fan watching this series, it's, it, you got a little bit of everything. You have some uh, legacies on the line here. We're not on the line, but just continuing the resume of guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. These guys have ran an entire decade, essentially. And yes, it is. A I heard someone actually argue that the Warriors are not a dynasty. Are you kidding me? Golden State Warriors are an absolute dynasty. You know how hard it is to make the finals? And let's just remember, a couple of years ago, what was it, 2019, they make the finals against the Raptors. 
they lose. They, 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 every, every, their important players were falling like flies. And then they take like a two year hiatus. We saw them win like, what was it, 20 some games? Like they were terrible. They get the, the number one overall pick. They get James Wiseman. Then the next year, they get two first round picks, both in the lottery. They draft Kaminga and Looney. And, and look what's going on right now, guys. They are building this, they built this the right way. And I want to start off by talking about just like the perspective of a Sixers fan and how this kind of it just so it hurts and why and how far away from us being the the Warriors or the Celtics. And like to me, this is a league that has ebb and flows. Everyone is trying to be play copycat, essentially. And although the Sixers do have star power, like, you know, Joel Embiid, I mean, despite what you think of James Harden, he's still a star player. And Tyrese Maxey's on his way to being that as well. But look at these teams. Look at the Boston Celtics and look at the Golden State Warriors from like just one through eight. From their top player to their eighth best player on the bench. They are stacked. They are deep teams. You have to, at this point, the final two teams in the NBA still alive are two teams that are one are number one. First off, one through five are are really good. But then they have a good number six, a good seven, and a good eight. The Sixers do not have that. If you look at this past year, we were one through four. And, you know, we can argue, you know, one through four of the Sixers between the one through four of the Celtics or the Heat or the Bucks is probably not better than them. Although we have the best player, let's just say the Eastern Conference. We'll have to look at the whole NBA because we don't need to get into that discussion yet again, that debate yet again. But if you look at the Eastern Conference, to me, Joel Embiid's the best player. And the fact that we don't have a, a, a dominant number two, a good number three, and a good number four, that's kind of where it kills you. You're looking at all season, how are they going to compete with the likes of the Boston Celtics and the likes of the Golden State Warriors? You know what else talks about this too? Is not only like we all we all hate Boston, like we all know that. We don't need to we don't need to get back into the rivalry, the history of, of between the Sixers and the Celtics. But to see them win right now, to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. When we traded the the third overall pick for their first overall pick with some first round with another first round pick as well, I think there's a couple other picks too, but I digress with that. With the Boston Celtics back in 2017 to draft Markel Fultz, and what did the Celtics do? They sat there at number three and waited who their the the guy that they actually wanted, Jason Tatum, to fall into their laps, and we are seeing what's going on right now. Tatum has taken another step in his game, and he is looking like an MVP. I know he doesn't have that, but he's looking like that right now. He's been the one of the best players in the play. I would argue he's been the best players in the playoffs. Now there's some times, obviously, it's game six and game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, where you're, you know, you're like wondering what, what's going on, Tatum, because you know it's not just Tatum; it's Brown that kind of disappeared times throughout these playoffs. But Tatum, when it all when it's all said and done, you put the ball in his hands at the end of the game. We had an opportunity to draft him instead. Markel Fultz, we all know what happened. You look at the year prior. I mean, to me, you look at back at the 2016 draft, it was between Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram. Like, Jason Brown was skyrocketing up the boards. He was a lottery pick, but no one thought that he would be a top-five pick. And he wound up being the number three overall pick, and look what's going on now. So just like the inability of the Sixers drafting well and Boston being able to not only draft well, but develop guys. Look at the Robert Williams, Grant Williams of the world. I mean, Marcus Smart, I know he's a little bit older, but that's someone that they drafted, and you're seeing what's going on with him. He's been a big part of what's going on with the Boston Celtics. Peyton Pritchard's been solid off the bench for those guys as well. 
And of course, the worst part about it is you see Al Horford doing what he's doing right now. Al Horford is a big reason why the Boston Celtics are in the finals. And it sucks to see because we saw what happened in Philly when he was here. Now, I've said it before, he was not a fit. And that was part of the offseason where Elton Brand was was uh, just flustered and panicking because Jimmy Butler left. So he gives a max contract to Tobias Harris. He gives a ridiculous contract to Al Horford. And you're seeing what's going on right now. Um, Cody, I see you're trying to come on in. Um, unfortunately, this is also be repurposed for podcast format. If you want to come in the show, you're more than welcome to. I'm more than welcome to talk to you. You do have to come on into YouTube. I do have the link in my bio. I'll be more than happy to talk to you there. But it just wouldn't make sense when you're synchronizing this to podcast form. People are going to be wondering who I am talking to uh, when you're talking here on TikTok. So if you want to come on, you're more than welcome to. Just come on in uh, through YouTube. The link is right now in the comment section. We do have backstage currently open, but I do appreciate you coming on in. But um, yeah, Horford doing his thing for, for Boston definitely sucks. And of course, you got Sauce. Who the hell thought that Sauce Castillo or Sauce Castillo? Sauce, Sauce was still in the league. Nick Stauskas was still in the league. I didn't even know that. He's like, he's just, you know, taking up space on the bench right now. He's not doing anything. But it's still like, are you kidding me? Sauce? Now, thank you, Sauce, for being part of that Kings trade, that uh, the pick swap. That was freaking fantastic. But And then, uh, of course, you look at the coach. And it's so funny because uh, today I finally realized that TikTok brought back all the old TikToks. If you guys noticed a couple months or a month or two ago, if you went past 2021, so you're looking at 2020, 2019, how, depending on how long you've been on TikTok, your TikToks were deleted. So it's like, what the hell? How do you do that, TikTok? But then I've, 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 I've found out today that they restored them. So I was like, all right. So I went back to early 2021. Guys, look, one thing I will say, if you're going to get into the sports talk business, you're going to have good takes, you're going to have bad takes. It's important that if you have a bad take, you own up to it. Now, my bad take was criticizing the Boston Celtics trade with Oklahoma City, sending over Kemba Walker in a first-round pick and for Al Horford. And I thought that was a terrible move by Boston, the Boston Celtics. And it's, it's all in the ass. It's okay. I'll own up to that. Because Al Horford, when it comes to Boston, he feels comfortable there. And I do think that a year off for Al Horford actually did help him. I think him getting his body restored, playing a lot of basketball minutes, um, the situation in Philly as well, and just being in isolation for a year, I think that really helped him. And dude, he looks fresh. He looks like like a young chicken who sprung. And so I mean, that that's pretty much what's been going on. But I think this matchup is going to be exciting, though. Like when I look at both these teams, they obviously can score at will, and they obviously are re really solid three point shooting teams. But they also play pretty good defense. I think Boston's defense is a little bit better. But when you have the firepower of the Warriors. It, it, I think it's going to be it, it's it is going to lead towards an interesting finals. Now, we'll just go into seven games. I personally believe that the Warriors are just a little bit deeper. And number two, I think the Warriors are just a little bit more seasoned and experienced in this, this situation. You know, Boston went to what was it four Eastern Conference finals? They finally make the finals this year. They have definitely impressed and have punched above their weight throughout these playoffs. The minute they swept the Brooklyn Nets, I'm like, okay, this is going to be the team representing the East. But then you got Miami and Jimmy Butler willing his way, but Boston just had way too much. And so I fully expected them to be in the situation. Now, Golden State, I'm a little bit surprised that Phoenix flamed out the way they did, but Golden State definitely deserved to be in the situation. I think I think that Golden State's experience is going to be the difference here. 
And I do think that the Golden State Warriors are going to win in six. Will Steph Curry win another finals MVP? We shall see. I will give you a dark horse. I could see Jordan Poole pulling one out. Now, remember the first finals the Warriors won throughout this regime? Uh, Andre Iguodala was the MVP of that one. So it could well, very well be a, a role player. You know, when you got when you're guarding up Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole's been feasting off that. So I d- definitely don't uh don't underestimate. That could be a dark horse for MVP. So I'll definitely definitely call that one. I got the Warriors and six. It's gonna be a fun one. And Sixers, please, for the love of Christ, Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, please listen to me. You're probably not, but please listen to me. Take notes. I I don't. I feel like you haven't been taking notes, especially even last year. But take notes. This is a star-driven league, but you're noticing that you need depth. You need to be deep in order to go far to be the boss Celtics, be the Golden State Warriors. When you're watching this series, please take detailed notes and implement that to this roster. I'm sick and tired of talking about a finals that the Sixers are not in when you have the best player in the fucking world. So please get us back there. Guys, in the comment section, let me know what you guys think. I see Ian already throwing his his prediction. He's got the Warriors in six. Guys, let me know what you guys think that the, the prediction will be for this NBA Finals. Who will win? How many games? What is your MVP? Let me know in both of the comments section. What's up, Ryan? I see you in here, buddy. What's going on, man? What's happening? We got Kata Hot in the building. What's going on, brother? How you feeling? Congratulations to Kata Hot. He is off the market. He has signed a, a lifetime contract. Uh, to be in in a marriage. So congratulations to Kadaha. He tied the knot. That's pretty dope, too, to be doing it at the Reading Fight in Bills game. That's pretty dope, man. So congratulations to Kadaha for sure. Um, all right, so let's get into our Philadelphia 76ers, shall we? Uh, so I want to start off with the Joel Embiid news. If you did, guys did not hear, Joel Embiid had surgery for two ligaments in both hands. One ligament in one hand, one ligament in the other. and you know, he should be back ready for, you know, all the mandatory tra- uh, mini camps and training camps that they have for, for the Sixers. So, guys, like, seriously, I cannot believe this man has gotten the scrutiny that he has. Like, he has to be the most hated player in basketball. This man played with two injuries in both hands. Like, basketball is a game you play with your damn hands. And this man was playing with broke hands. And, uh, and we were obviously all criticizing that jump shot. It looked like he, he lost the touch because of the. We, we all knew that one thumb in the shooting hand was 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 definitely a factor. But dude, both hands. I give this man credit, and I don't even know what else. I honestly don't even know what else to say because I feel like we've said everything about Joel Embiid. But this adds on to what is the. The legacy of Joel Embiid. This man is the best player in basketball, and he literally willed his way to finish the series out. He tried everything he possibly could to get out of that second round. Then there's literally people like I heard this morning. Like I, 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 I was listening to John Kincaid this morning. They were literally asking John, "Did he feel as? Did he feel as if that Joel Embiid quit on the Sixers? Like he was dead serious. He asked if Joel Embiid quit on the Sixers. Can you watch? what we saw in the playoffs and think to yourself that Joel Embiid quit on the Sixers. Was he moping around? Possibly. You know why he was? Because he had two fucking broken ligaments in both hands, plus a broken bone in his, in his, in his face. Like if you have that criticism of Joel Embiid, honest to God, have you ever been in that situation with multiple injuries, like serious injuries 
in a in a high pressure situation that is the NBA playoffs? How would you do? How would you do? Now look, there's been a lot of takes about his him t- being able to take the next step as a leader. My thing is, if I'm a guy on that Sixers team, if I'm a Shake Mill, if I'm a George's Nia, if I'm a Furkan or whoever it is, James Harden, let's put James Harden in this too. If I'm one of those players on the Sixers and I see Joel Embiid giving it his all, despite all the injuries that I already know, man's got a, a, a he's got his hand all taped up because of his thumb. He's got a face mask on, and yet he's going out there and giving it his all. And he, and he, he do you guys remember was it Game Five or Game Six back in Philly, and Joel Embiid gets hit on the face, but with was it uh uh PJ Tucker smacks a, a ball down, the ball hits his face. He's rolling around on the floor. He's grabbing his face. He was in so much agonizing pain. He was not moping around. He's literally fighting with himself to stay out in the game because he realizes that if he's not out there, the Sixers have no chance of beating this Miami Heat team. Now, the leadership team. Does Joel B need to, take, need to take that next step as a leader? To me, I don't want a guy, one of my big players, to go out of the realm. Now, I think the best way to connect this is I was listening recently to Jason Martinez's Flyers Talk podcast. Uh, he was interviewing Sean Couturier, and there was the question brought up how he feels about potential wearing the C on a sweater, the captaincy. And he brought up a really good point. What you don't want to do as a leader is go out of your comfort zone. You don't want to be someone you're not because your your teammates, your coworkers, whatever it may be, will sniff that out. And that's not a good leader. You got to be st- you got to stay true to yourself. Joel Embiid is a type of leader that will lead by example. He will push you in practice. He will call you out. We saw his relationship with Tyrese Maxey and how that was able to develop because they had that trust for each other and they wanted to see each other play at their best. And that's the type of leader that Joel Embiid is. I don't need Joel Embiid to be someone he's not because it's not going to be beneficial to this team. Do I think that James Harden should step up as a leader? Possibly. I did like how the way he brought guys like George Zaniang and Tyrese Maxey under his wing. But when you don't have a Joel Embiid out on the court, well, game one and game two, I expect James Harden to be that complete vocal leader. It's just how I feel about it. He's number two, right? I guess number three, depending on who you ask. Tyrese Maxey. I mean, Tyrese Maxey is another kid who's going to be learning about that as well. I mean, he just got the grasp this past season of being able to be a full-time starter and just developing his game. I and mean, he's definitely he definitely exceeded everyone's expectations. So I think for him, it's worrying more about the game. But Joel Embiid, to me, I don't want him to be someone he's not. I don't know what you guys are referring to, what you need him to be as a leader, what you need more of him as a leader. But for me, I just need Joel Embiid to be Joel Embiid. And Let's just keep them upright. I'm curious to see how they they handle Joel Embiid's minutes this this upcoming season, but I just need him to be himself. Now, obviously, James Harden, um, and we just need we need to build a team around him. And obviously, James Harden's a big part of that. Is he going to sign the extension? Or is he going to sign the option? Is he going to restructure and, and get an extension that's team friendly? We'll see what happens. But obviously, the the workout videos are back. You know, you've, we've seen two, now two videos of James Harden working out, looking in shape, and everyone's freaking out again, and everyone's excited about what James Harden could potentially do this upcoming season. And yeah, I'm tired of the, the videos. I'm tired of it. I'm t- you know Ben Simmons got us all freaking out of been, been out of shape with it. 
I love the way Joel Embiid handles it. Like, we know Joel Embiid's in the lab. Uh, well, obviously, now we know Joel Embiid is rehabbing because of all the injuries that he suffered. But we know when Joel Embiid is full, fully healthy, he's going to be back in the lab and he's going to be working. But you don't see it because we don't need to see it. We will see it when he when he gets back to the court and he's much better than he was last year. And Joel Embiid is continue getting better year after year. But for James Harden, I don't need James Harden to get in shape, per se. Like, obviously, yes, he needs to be in shape. I need James Harden to revigorate himself. And what I mean by that, what is the style of play? Because I don't think with what we have right now, playing this slow tempo, slow tempo, heavy half-court offense, like how many teams actually use heavy half-court offenses anymore? It's not. I'm not saying it's gone away in, in basketball, but it's not used as frequently as the Sixers were using it. I need James Harden to continue the facilitating, yes. But there was times last year where James Harden was getting caught up with centers, the likes of Isaiah Stewart or P.J. Tucker or Precious Achua. He would struggle with those dudes. That's because he lost a bit of an explosion. Does that, that is part of being in shape. But the shot, what happened to that point shot that he had in Houston? That kind of went away. I need Jenny James Harden to figure out how style play that's going to help this team. I do think that a quick pace does definitely helps. Um, I mean, with the way the roster is constructed as of right now on June 2nd, 2022, you got guys like Maxi, Harris, Thibel. You need speed. You need pace. I'm sorry, you don't need speed. You need pace. It's a difference. So we shall see. Now, there was another rumor that was brought out. Um, OJ Anawobi uh, apparently could be on the trading block for the Raptors. Curious to see what the Raptors. I'm curious. I'm, I'm. I was really intrigued that the Raptors did not. Or I'm sorry, the Lakers did not go after Nick Nurse, which is definitely interesting. Um, but what would my question would be? What would be the price tag for a guy like OG Anawobi? Because I definitely think that OG would fit perfectly what we need: a three who could play defense and base the crowd with three point shot. And we saw him firsthand in that first round. Tenacity, dude. There was times throughout that series where he was a big part of generating offense for Toronto. That's like the that is like the ideal fit for the Sixers. And if you could somehow get rid get rid of um, Tobias Harris, even better. But that's definitely someone in the mold. Like this team needs to focus on getting better. We need wing players. Like we need guys who can run the court. Who could space space out the court as well, and they could play good team defense. Like these one on one defenders, like everyone loves Matisse Thybulle, and I get all that, but that we don't need that per se. Good team defense helps, and having pace, having some athletic ability definitely helps. Look at the Toronto Raptors, the way they built that team, and OG definitely fits that mold. And of course, it's up to Doc Rivers. I mean, we can get we can draft. Obviously, uh, we're going to talk about it right now, but we can get draft picks and all, all and and whatnot, but. You know, if Doc Rivers doesn't want to play these young players, doesn't want to develop guys, then what is it worth? And obviously with the rumor today, Ergen uh, Lumen, the Turkish coach, the highly touted Turkish coach, is looking to be an assistant in the NBA, wants to make that jump in the NBA. And of course, Sixers fans already. But they're all tired. Doc, go get this Turkish dude, the Ergens. Get Ergens. <laughs> all right, last but not least, the, the draft pick. So yesterday, we talked about it before. Um, June 1st was the deadline for the Brooklyn Nets to uh, either accept or defer 
the first round pick that the Sixers sent over in the James Harden trade. Um, and so the Nets decided yesterday that they were going to defer to next season. So that means your, your boys are back in the first round this year. So you got a first round pick, which right now, look, it is the 23rd overall pick uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers that they have gotten from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, definitely helps, right? Um, a draft asset is a draft asset, whether you keep it or not, or you move it on to uh, to bring other players here that can help or what, whatever it may be. But, you know, Daryl Morey and Alton Brand have had success in the twenty. In the 20s in the NBA draft, I mean, you, you've seen Tyrese Max, you saw Matisse Thibel. Those are guys that we've been able to select in the 20s. And I think Landry Shaman was not a Daryl Moore pick, but I think he was close to 20. He might have been in the teens, but I have to look at back at it. But look, the Sixers at very well could get a guy in the 20s that could help. I know Jaden Springer did not provide that day one help that you may have wanted from like like the way you saw Tyrese or Matisse do. But you can still find guys that can help. The problem is, is that in front of you at pick number 22, you have a team in Memphis that and number 21. You got Memphis and Denver who have been drafting really damn well. I think uh, Bones Highland was was a first round pick last year for Denver. And obviously Memphis, they're a team full of draft picks that actually panned out and that have been developed very, very well. So that is that could be the issue. Now, I, I wanted to look at some of these mock drafts because obviously you guys know me. I'm, I don't dive deep into college basketball. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm going to be someone I'm not. Same thing that goes with the NFL or the NHL draft. I'm not going to sit here and act like I've been watching college hockey uh, or international hockey or the or college football to know what these prospects are. I will do my research and I will network and find out what are some good options for us. But what I will say, uh, EJ, EJ Little um, right now, at from Yahoo Sports, is the projected pick from Ohio State to the Philadelphia 76 power forward um, who shot 37.4% from the three um, on nearly four attempts per game. He had a free throw percentage of 76.5%. So I've talked about it before. Like, that would definitely be something I would look at. He is an athletic uh, four, uh, stretch four that can provide some athletic ability, and that's what you want to get, get from these guys. Um, and... Obviously, I, I've talked about it before, like when I'm talking about, you know, getting rid of Tobias Harris in a trade and finding a replacement. Fours these days are not something you need to spend big money on. You can find one in the draft. You can find one, you know, the, a, 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 men, a, minim, a vet minimum type of guy to come in and play the four. Obviously, I've talked before, I would love Bobby Portis because I think when you're talking about that tough factor, the P.J. Tucker type. I think he fits that mold very well. So that is definitely something I want to see. But it is good news. It's good news. We got a draft pick. Um, I know that we're all worried because Doc Rivers does not like to play the young kids, but whether we use it or not, it definitely helps this season for sure, man. Uh, kind of hot. Steph Curry finally gets the fi that finals MVP. He could very well. I, like I said, Jordan Poole is my dark horse, man. Don't be surprised if he wins that bad boy. He's been on fire this year. Anytime, Kata. Congratulations to you again, man. It's great stuff, dude. Uh, Ryan, Steph Curry is probably going to get another MVP award. I think that he will definitely win the mvp for sure man absolutely all right guys gonna do it for another edition of Sixers talk really appreciate you guys checking on in enjoy the finals as best you can guys i know it's tough it's interesting too because like, there's a lot of hype for the finals especially for the past couple years the 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 interest has increased it's just not like the super bowl like the super bowl at least like you know like it's one game we have like we're probably gonna have like seven six or seven games with this so it's definitely feel has a little bit different feel but guys enjoy it as best as you can and We'll see what happens to the Sixers. I'll continue having more Sixers talk as long as we have 
topics to discuss with our Philadelphia 76ers. But guys, thanks so much for watching. If you enjoyed it, make sure you guys hit that like button. Of course, if you have not already, you want to be part of the family, you're more than welcome to. Join by subscribing. We talk Philly sports all the time, so make sure you guys do subscribe. And of course, you can find us wherever you stream podcasts. We're available on Apple, Google, Spotify. You can find us under Oyen Philly Sports. And of course, a big shout out and thank you to our friends over at Loud Terrain Watch for sponsoring today's Sixers Talk. Guys, when you head on over to La Terrain at the checkout page, make sure you guys are using promo code PARCETOPHILLY for 10% off of your purchase of a La Terrain watch. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of Ed Philly, and I am telling you guys, trust the process. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>